so Rob, we have a we have a bunch of different things to talk about today. I think this is going to be what we call uh, a buffet of topics. It's absolutely, it's it's a platter of, of various different topics from everywhere. It's it's an all you can eat buffet for, and you know, you we would we would be reasonable about it. You can come and eat at our all you can eat buffet for really free because this is a podcast and uh, we're not charging anybody for it. So. So you know we ought to we ought to dive right in, and we've got a little bit of something for everybody. I think at this point, yeah, I think so. Um, th- th- there's this new product that Apple have invented. It's called I think it's called a credit card. Have you heard of this? Oh, it's, it's... credit cards. Yeah, that, I mean, you know what? Talk about innovation. That oh, is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, ha- it, it's you happening. Can, you can you can pay for things with. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> we can't we can't keep doing. That. But yeah, that. Th- I get it. Apple have made a credit card. Yes. But I've seen unboxing videos, endless hot takes about a credit card that doesn't really do anything different to anybody else's credit card, as far as I can tell. Yes. Well, okay. This I'm glad that you raised this topic and put it in the notes, because I was going to tweet about this. But this is one of those tweets where you think, well... Do I really want to get all the hot takes directed at me if I tweet this? And my point was, I found it very entertaining, as I think you seem to have too, that people are discovering as the, discovering credit cards, and they're discovering the features and the terms of credit cards as if there's something new under the sun. And, <laughs> and this Apple credit card, I mean, it's you know, it has some unique things to it, but as a credit card, just a straight up credit card. It's pretty much just like most any other credit card. I mean, you know, you you get charged interest if you don't pay it. Uh, you know, uh, it, yeah, you, you mean get, it's not free money? I'm, it's I'm not, confused. It, it's not free <laughs> money. Uh, a lot of people get really wound up about the fact that Goldman Sachs is involved and why why is Apple getting in bed with an investment banker? And I'll I'll you know I'll bring out I'm gonna bring out of the closet my my old bankruptcy lawyer days and. I went through the you know the big meltdown financial meltdown in 2008 2009 as a lawyer and what happened then was Goldman Sachs was on the verge of being taken over by the US government and to avert that they became a bank they before that they weren't a bank and the reason they became a bank or the reason that kept them from getting shut down by the US government was because banks are highly regulated here as they are in the UK and other pretty much everywhere. And so, yes, Goldman Sachs is kind of this, probably still has this reputation as being uh, investment banker, Wall Street, investments, that sort of thing. But they are actually a true federal bank in the United States, which means, among other things, that they can issue credit cards. And Apple, despite what people think, by the fact that they have they're involved in a credit card is not a bank. There are lots of companies that aren't not banks that issue that have credit cards, right? There's Amazon, there's right. the local gas station, there's there's department stores that offer them. There's you know just about everybody does it. And you know why they do it is because they work out a deal with the bank to get a cut of the fees, the fees, the interest, everything. It's like a it's a branded deal with a bank to have for, you know, brand marketing or whatever it is. And that's that's how these things work. And Apple, they have done something that's a little different, but it's really only different when you consider 
the security and the software surrounding it. It's different in the sense that it's, you know, it's got some Hallmark Apple type of features to it, which are you can you can sign up very easily. There's not a lot of paperwork and bureaucracy involved. You can activate it by tapping into an NFC tag. That's super nice. It's got a virtual number that you can use online, so it's always different, and people can track your information as well, and all sorts of things like that. And secure, you know, and it can be uh, because it's using different cards. It's there are different numbers every time. It's more secure than a typical credit card, but some of those features, even the security ones, are not entirely new. There are other credit card companies that have done similar things in the past. Um, that said, it's still you know somewhat interesting to me in that I think I will get one because I spend a fair amount of money, as you know, on Apple products. <laughs> and, and I can't very... Usually those things are bought more often than not at an Apple store. And the cards I have currently, like I have an Amazon credit card, I think it gives me maybe 2% back on non-Amazon things. Maybe it's a little less than that. I don't care. and I don't really remember. But I know it's less than the 3% that Apple's offering. So just for that, I will probably get it. But I don't really buy into this as like some sort of revolutionary thing. Uh, it's just it makes a lot of sense given that they already have this wallet and Apple Cash and all that. But it's it's not quite as different or, or unique as a lot of people would, I think, lead people to, to believe. Yeah, it, it, I you know I kind of agree with everything you you know you said. It's 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 kind of nice because the software and stuff like that. But the, the the sort of the sensible adult in me really worries about these about people who are really excited about Apple products and they're like, oh, there's an Apple credit card. And like a bunch of the places on Reddit, like the Apple subreddit, and I think like iOS, and there was a couple of others, and I think there's even an Apple credit card subreddit now. Oh gosh. Like, yeah, I know. That's a whole thing in and of itself. But there's all these people that are just like, oh, a credit card. And then they're like, they're talking about credit scores. Like they've clearly, you know, a lot of people, they've never looked at their credit score. They've never had a credit card. And I'm just, if you're listening to me, listener, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get a credit card just because it's from Apple, stop. Like, just think about what <laughs> you're doing. Like, it really worries me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I did see a lot of threads on Twitter about, what impact uh, signing up for an Apple credit card has on your credit score. And people were like diving deep into the terms of service and everything. It's like, well, this, nothing about what was, I mean, it, I, it looked like what I was hearing was accurate. On the other hand, none of it's really surprising or unique. I mean, there are, you know, if you apply for an Apple credit card, they're going to check your credit score. And if you pass, you'll get the card. And if you don't, you won't. Um, and there are other aspects of that, but yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's fine. The, the good news, I guess, is if you have a bad credit score, it, apparently Apple would like so many people to have this that they're willing to, they, they struck a deal where Goldman's willing to give it to just about anybody, even if they have fairly bad credit, which right. is kind of it, which is kind of interesting. And also frankly, why the interest, the annual interest rate on it is not, the lowest in the industry. You, I mean, the reason no. the reason those interest rates are high is because some people don't pay their credit card debts, and so they have to cover the cost of some people defaulting. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's fine. I I got you know. Did you see this morning that there was some sort of email snafu with Apple where 
last night, at least last night my time, I guess it was middle of the night for you, it, they sent out an email basically asking everybody to resubmit their Apple ID email if they had expressed yeah. interest. <laughs> I saw so this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, last night, I got this email last night, like right around dinner time. I was like, oh, this is cool. I hadn't looked at it closely. Yet. I was like, oh, this is cool. I can sign up for my Apple credit card. So maybe I'll do that. And I'd already kind of cooled on the idea overall. So I just kind of left it and I looked this morning. And I thought, wow, this is a really strange email. I already signed up that I was interested, and it's telling me how to sign up to tell them I'm interested. So I went ahead and did it anyway. But as far as I can tell, it's an email that kind of went out by mistake and either isn't necessary or it, it wasn't clear to me because I think I had inadvertently expressed my interest using my Mac Stories uh, email address, which is not my Apple ID. And so I thought, all right, well, that makes sense. I'll put in my regular Apple ID email. And so I did that. But then I realized, then I found, oh, Ryan had got the same email. Who writes for us? He, he got the same email last night. And he had done it the right way the first time. And then I saw, right after he and I were talking about it, I saw the Mac Rumors article. So I, who knows where it stands. I, I kind of don't really care that much. I don't really need a credit card. But like I said, another 1% on Apple stuff wouldn't hurt, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I can sit here and go, oh, maybe I'd get one, maybe I wouldn't. This isn't coming to the UK anytime soon. Um, and even if it does, the cashback will not be as high as the US. Um, mm-hmm. The best cashback that you can get in the UK, like for a free card, like one that doesn't have a yearly fee, is like 0.5%. Um, oh, wow. Because, because our fees are so much lower. Like, I think the EU stepped in and did something. Um, oh, so sure. I have a credit card that gives me 0.5% cashback, which is, you know, it's not a huge amount at all. Um, right. So even if Apple does launch this here, I mean, you know, they could potentially do a decent discount at Apple, but there's no way they're going to do like even more than 1% on any other purchases. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I looked at it and I do much better with my Amazon card because, you know, if you buy stuff on Amazon, I think they give you 3%. And since I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon all year long, that adds up and I usually kind of save that credit till the end of the year and buy holiday gifts with it and that sort of thing. But I, I thought for a while about taking the Apple card and making it my business card because most of the Apple stuff I buy is a business expense of one kind or another. But you mm-hmm. can't but you can't they don't even have a way for you to get statements out of wallet. So I can't like generate a report that shows what I what I spent and send it to my bookkeeper, for instance, you know? So it's, it's like, well, that's right. not going to work for, <laughs> for regular yeah. business expenses at all. So I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. So at, at most I'll probably get it and just use it for Apple stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just, just a brief one talking of things that aren't out in the UK. Endgame is still not out in the UK. How is it's that been even out possible? In the US. Yeah, you guys. It's been out in the US since like the end of last month. Yeah, and, so, and a lot of times it doesn't guys, come out for another week here. A lot of times, you guys even get the premieres before the US now too. And you, I'm surprised that's not out. I have not bought it yet, but I think I will. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. This is just one of those things where it's like it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but everyone in the US is, you know especially on like reddit and stuff like that on the you know comic book subreddit and marvel and stuff like that everyone's posting screenshots and behind the scenes stuff from the dvd or the blu-ray or whatever or the digital and i can't even buy it yet 
I've got to wait another week before uh, I can buy it. And it just it, makes no sense. Yeah, that's really weird. Well, I mean, welcome to the world of Disney. Uh, you know, they're the company that locks stuff up in the vault forever. Although hopefully that changes with Disney Plus. I don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, yeah, it's been out here for a little while. How many times have you seen Endgame? So I saw it twice in the cinema. All right, uh, me too. So when it comes out, this will be my third time. I, I did think about finding it off the back of a lorry somewhere on the internet, but then I thought, no, do you know what? I want to watch the extras and deleted scenes and all that kind of stuff. So I'll just right. wait till next week when it comes out on iTunes, and I'll just buy it then. They were really, uh, they were really working to beat Avatar this summer. Did you see how it got? Re- I don't know if it got re-released in the UK. It got re-released here with like one deleted scene or something as mostly uh i think a way to try to beat it at the box beat avatar at the box office towards the end of the summer yeah i did see that i didn't see whether it was re-released in the uk i suspect it probably was but i wasn't particularly looking um yeah. you know i don't i'll watch that deleted scene when i buy it next week i, I wasn't willing to go to the cinema for another you know th- it was three hours for the movie it's another hour sort of either side where you go there and do whatever yeah. um, from what i understand there wasn't a whole lot extra there and part of the thing is too with some of these movies that are heavy cg like this the deleted scenes are not that interesting because if they haven't finished the actual cg work it's just a bunch of guys with dots on their bodies running around right yeah i, I think i saw a deleted scene um and, and and yeah as you say like maybe you'll get like some of the suits and stuff you know, because if they're wearing like the CG suits, but then like all the right. background isn't done, or the lighting's not right, and you can clearly see that they're in a studio. So yeah, you, you, a lot of the deleted scenes just aren't really worth watching. Right, right. So tell me about the great hack on that Netflix because I don't know what this is. Yeah, so this, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far into it. I, I, it was just something that I enjoyed, and we'll sort of maybe leave it at that for the most part. But this is a a documentary about the Cambridge Analytica uh, scandal, all the stuff they were doing with Facebook and uh, the US election and Brexit and all of this kind of stuff. And it sort of follows, um, it follows, I think, like an account manager, I think she is. She she used to work at Cambridge Analytica and then she'd sort of left and she was helping, or she, you know, uh, answered questions for Congress and and the UK government's investigation and stuff like that. and like you know it's a really well-made documentary but sort of at the end of it all i wanted to do was burn every electronic device i had and go live in a cave or something yeah i actually now that you mention it i i i didn't know recognize the name of it but someone else recommended this to me not too long ago yeah like i say it's very well made i mean it's you know it had netflix money so it's you know they've obviously put a lot of effort into it um and, and you know, it kind of gives a bit more insight and into what what seemingly, you know, certainly what they present as, as what happened. You know, rather than a lot of the news stories were just like, oh, this thing's happened, Facebook is bad, or you know, the elections are invalid, or whatever, like that kind of thing. Um, so this gives you a little bit more context about you know the data they were actually using, how they got it, and you know, a bunch of you know, everyone sort of lying on all sides and. It, it, you know, it was it was interesting. It, like I say, I don't want to get too much into it because that's like a whole topic in and of itself. But um, but yeah, I recommend it. 
All right, good. I'll put that on my list. I definitely have some stuff that I want to start watching and, and putting in the queue because I did finally get rid of Hulu Live. That's my streaming update. I got rid of Hulu Live. I'm just using regular old Hulu with the ads, although the ads are getting really annoying and they're more and more often. So <laughs> I, I may have to actually, you know, put out the extra four or five dollars to get rid of the ads. But I got I did that in part because I'm getting ready for that that Disney Plus uh, package, which that bundle looks mm. pr- pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you know. I, I assume there's not going to be a UK equivalent of that because they they don't have those other services here. Um, right. So you know, they I mean, don't... potentially now that they you know sort of got the controlling stake in Hulu, right? I think that's correct. Um, yes, they do. You know, potentially they might start launching that in the UK or you know other areas of the world that don't have it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that I've heard specifically. I mean, they have said that Disney Plus is going to be rolled out. It sounds like fairly soon after the U.S. rollout to other countries. They haven't really said, I don't think, where exactly or specifically when. But you're right. I don't know that ESPN Plus is necessarily going to have a huge audience anywhere other than the United States. It's not even really a service that I'm interested in personally, but this bundle that they announced is actually cheaper than just subscribing to two of the services. So why not, right? Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I've got no interest in sports, but you know, if there was some kind of bundle with like a Hulu-like service plus Disney Plus right. and something else, then yeah, I would totally go for that, especially at the prices they're offering. Yeah, it's it's really a real shot across the bow of everybody else. And, you know, Netflix has definitely had their stock has been kind of up and down. And uh, they're definitely right in the crosshairs of Disney Plus. And then we have nobody has any idea what Apple's going to do. I think Apple, who knows? I mean, I don't think they have nearly <laughs> they don't have nearly what what the others have to offer. So I assume it will either be a relatively inexpensive add on or thrown in with a bundle of other services like Apple Music and maybe Arcade and that kind of thing. I It'll be very interesting to see where it all goes. I will subscribe to Apple Plus or TV Plus because just out of kind of professional interest and because I think a couple of the shows look really good that they're, they've got in their lineup. But I'll be it'll be very interesting to see where they come out on that because – Apple is not really known for giving away things for free very often, so it's hard to know what they'll do with the uh, the pricing of this of this new service. Yeah, I, I certainly smirked when you said relatively inexpensive. Um, <laughs> right, you know, I, I, I sort of laughed when you said about the Apple TV one because I, I I kind of forget about it, you know, because you know, we haven't really heard anything since the services event, whenever that was, March or April time. Right, and every time I think about it, I'm like. I don't know what price they could put on it that I would be even remotely interested for more than like a month or two. What if um, it was like five pounds? Yeah, I I might consider it. You know, it's, it's not, you know, five pounds is not a huge amount of money to pay for something like that, but I'm not convinced they're going to have enough content. You know, because even say there's like four shows that I want to watch that are all there at launch. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to end up watching those over like a month or two. And then I can't see them adding enough shows to keep me interested and keep me wanting to pay for it because I, I probably just wouldn't use it. 
And that's really the problem that they've got, because when you think about it, that's the th- that's one thing that even though people talk about how, well, with all these streaming services, everybody's kind of rebuilding cable TV. Yes, except that it's really easy to cancel any of these. And people very, you know, I think what you're going to fi- find people doing is just kind of man- managing that bundle and evolving it over time. Like I dropped HBO three or four months ago, and I think I'm going to pick it up again soon. And I'll probably stick with it for 90 days or so, catch some new stuff that's on there, then cancel it around the time Disney Plus comes out, sign on to that. (laughs) That one will probably become one that's like there all the time, like Netflix. But I could definitely see kind of dipping in and out of these things over and over again, just kind of binging two or three shows that sound interesting that I've heard about and then dropping them. And that's going to, I think that's, that seems like an awful business to be in if you're the one providing that content. Yeah, it really does. I mean, the, the thing I think about, like, you know, something like Netflix, you know, I would probably, maybe over the last month, I probably haven't watched anything that's, like, exclusive to Netflix, you know, a, mm-hmm. an original show or original movie, but, you know, they have four or five seasons of some other TV shows that I like, like old, you know, QI, which is a, a quiz panel show in the UK. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they've got three or four seasons of that, and we've been watching that. Um, you know, I know Jess watches a whole bunch of stuff like she's off for the summer. Um, so I'll keep paying for it because they've got this back catalogue of even if it's just stuff that you're not really that interested in, but you just want to, you know, stick something on to watch for 20 minutes. I can't see Apple TV being that service, but, you know, maybe they launch it and they go, oh, yeah, and by the way, we've bought a TV network and we've got their entire back catalogue. Who knows? Right. Yeah, that'll be that's that's definitely what they what they don't seem to have at least that anybody knows about is any kind of stable of movies or you know older TV shows which everybody else has and Apple doesn't have so you know even if i think even if people don't watch those regularly those are the kinds of things that people look for when they look at it and they say well is this worth it and they and they look at the the list of things and it's like well there's just not enough here. There's there's six shows or there's ten shows. What they want to see, I think, is hundreds and thousands of episodes of you know just an, a bottomless pit of stuff that they can browse through. And <laughs> and, and you're, I don't think you're ever going to get that from Apple. No, definitely not. But uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we will. All right, Rob. I gotta I gotta take you on a tour of regional junk food cuisine in America. Okay, because, because we have a note in the in the notes here. It says Italian beef. I mean, I assume this is about the food and not Federico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his nickname, actually. No, no, no that that is not that is not Federico's nickname. So, I sure it it was it was a little you know it wasn't really certain before we started recording today whether I would get lunch in advance of the show because. I have a couple of my kids home at the end of the summer from college before they start up. They're here, and I sent one of them out to get me some food, and they I let them pick where they were going, and so they went to a local shop called Portillo's, and Portillo's is a fast food restaurant that has basically anything you can imagine. You know, it's 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 a very strange store in that when you go inside. 
it has different stations almost of different kinds of food that you can get at different places. And, and so there's salads and there's pastas and there's hamburgers and hot dogs and there's all kinds of things. But one of their things that they're known for is Italian beef. And Italian beef is a very Chicago thing. I will tell you that I have shared what an Italian beef is with Mr. Federico Vitici, and the only response I could get was a very disgusted, that is not Italian. And, <laughs> and you know what? He's 100% right. Uh, someday maybe I will get him to actually eat one of these sandwiches. It's a sandwich, and it comes on kind of a French roll, split down the middle, and what you do is you put in it this very thinly sliced roast beef that has been marinated and cooked for hours in a gravy that's basically a salty brine of garlic and and various Italian spices, which is where, I guess, the Italian beef comes from. And it, I think it comes originally from an Italian neighborhood in Chicago, an Americanized recipe of some sort that was on the south side where all the beef, all the meat markets were back in the day in the 1800s, if you read the you know, old books like The Jungle and all those things. You know, we were the, Chicago was the uh, the meat packer to the world. They they had all the cattle and other things come through here, and then it would be shipped out around America. So Italian beef is basically that. And sometimes you have a couple options. You can put hot peppers on it, which is another very Chicago thing. It's a, it's a mixture of hot peppers called giardinera, which is pickled, uh, hot peppers like jalapeno peppers, carrots, celery, cauliflower, and I think that's about it. It's like all these things kind of chopped up, uh, pickled in oil, and super hot. This Did sounds you? amazing. It's You're <laughs> making me so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so giardinera is really good. You can get it either. You can either get it really finely chopped, so it's almost like a spread on bread or you can get it kind of chunky and put it on people put it on all kinds of things hot dogs uh, Italian beef whatever and you can get it mild you can get it spicy there's a whole range of things but uh, you can either get that on your Italian beef or you can get what they call sweet peppers which are just green peppers uh, that have been sliced up and cooked in the same kind of gravy as the as the Italian beef so that's an Italian beef sandwich and Chicago is kind of known for these. I have not seen them outside of Chicago. Uh, some people, you know, what, what, not only do they just put the beef in there, but then they put a good helping of the gravy on it. So it's just the bread gets all mushy and oh, yeah. uh, and soft, and they're very, they're very, very good. And that's what I had before we started our show today. I, I snarfed an Italian beef and finished about two minutes before we started. God, yeah, that's, that sounds so good. I, I, I've definitely seen something like this in like a like I think it was an American restaurant somewhere in or not really an American American style food restaurant in in London somewhere I can't remember where it was I didn't have this but I definitely had something that sounds very much like this and I'm sure it was called Italian beef yeah I would suggest googling Italian beef right now and going to images and you will see lots of good Italian beef sandwiches so oh my god yeah this looks incredible (laughs) yeah i want this right now yeah they're really tasty that's if you come to chicago you need to have an italian beef and you need to have a chicago style hot dog which i wasn't prepared to discuss 
except that I will tell you that a Chicago hot dog is very different than any other place because you can either get them steamed or grilled. I prefer grilled. And they come with lots of stuff on them. They have celery salt, mustard. They have pickle relish that is kind of neon green. I don't know why it's that color other than dye, of course. Yeah, that seems reasonable. A pickle spear, (laughs) like a dill pickle spear. Tomatoes. No uh, onions. And you can get those either grilled or raw. And no ketchup whatsoever. Which kind of sets it apart from a New York hot dog. Oh, and the bun has to be have uh, poppy seeds on it, so it's a very specific oh, okay. sort of a very specific sort of hot dog. Um, and, and the final thing I was going to tell you about, it, and you know, I feel like I'm catching up for lost time because we never we never had our challenge where someone ate the Cheeto uh, KFC sandwich, right? I mean, yeah, I I'm glad that that didn't happen. I don't want to be responsible for somebody eating that. <laughs> no, I, I, well, you told me they weren't in the UK and then I looked at it and there was an article in eater, uh, eater.com about it that basically did the homework for us and told us that it was disgusting, which I'm sure it would have been. But after having read about it, I thought, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but the last thing I will mention is a fried chicken place. That's not far from my, from where I live called Del Rey's chicken basket. And what's kind of neat about this place, other than the fact that it has amazing biscuits and fried chicken, is that it's right at the start of Route 66, which is the famous U.S. highway that goes from Chicago all the way to Los Angeles. Uh, And lots of it has been replaced by big interstate highways, and Delray's is no longer actually on the highway it's not even called Route 66, the highway anymore. It's on the, what used to be the highway is a little access road that runs parallel to the highway. Uh, but it's been there since the 30s, I think. And it's just got incredibly amazing chicken. And it's not too far away. So Delray's Chicken Basket. If you are ever in Chicago and you want to see a little Route 66 nostalgia, which is very much a, um, you know, it's like a cultural touch point in the U.S. in terms of the 30s and 40s and and road trips and, you know, the whole American fascination with cars, uh, Delray's Chicken Basket is a good place to start because it's right at the very beginning of what is, I mean, Route 66 actually starts in downtown Chicago, but Delray's is only about 20 miles west of Chicago. Yeah, I'm just looking on the, uh, the Wikipedia page, which sort of tells me how important this place is. Um, I've taken many pictures the- of it. Yeah, and it's on the the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. Um, it is. So it's is kind this, of a, is, this is a really important uh, location. By the looks it, of it, it's very important. It's historic, of course, and it's uh, yeah, it's not actually far from where I live. So I think I'm actually going there for dinner tonight. This is not a good. This is not what we call a, a healthy John meal day, because we did the Italian beef for lunch, and I think we're going to Delray's Chicken Basket, and there there is. There is a story behind this, in part because my son's girlfriend is coming to visit Friday, and she's vegan, <laughs> and I think my kids want to get all the meat in that they can in the next couple of days before we uh, have a guest who is is uh, not eating meat. So, yeah, that that seems like a good, a good plan. <laughs> so, so, well, that's, you, that's you've doing. successfully made me absolutely starving, I'm even though sorry. I had my dinner about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not because I just finished my Italian beef, so I'm satisfied. But I'll I'll be ready to go again when it's time for that that good fried chicken. 
Yeah, I was looking at pictures of it as well. It looks really, really good. So they have a re- they have the coolest neon sign too. It's really neat at night. Yeah, that looks pretty great. Uh, well, if I ever get to Chicago, you can you can take me out there. I can take <laughs> you to go all the, yes, all the best fast food places. I've got I I'm a connoisseur of that sort of thing. That's the only reason I'm coming. I don't see any sights or anything, just food. <laughs> we'll just we'll just eat and then like lie on the couch, you know, comatose. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we come to come to the end of our buffet. Buffet actually was quite apt. Now you you said that at the beginning of the show. So. I did. I did. I had a, there was a method to my madness calling it that. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, I guess we'll be back in a couple of weeks. All right. Talk to you later, Rob.